Psalm chapter 126, beginning with verse 1. When the Oh, Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Did it? Did you know today was Happy New Year? We're still here. We're, we're still here. That's right. Do you have any idea what I'm talking about? Today, today is Rosh Hashanah. Yesterday was the last day of the Feast of Trumpets. The last Trump blew last night, and we're still here. So, good for another year. All right, Psalm chapter 126. Chapter 126, verse 1. The reason I thought of that was is that uh, chapter 126 is another song of ascents. This is one of the songs they would sing on the way to Jerusalem from wherever they were for the feasts. And so this is one of the songs they would sing. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they say it said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed of sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. There is a reward for fulfillment, for faithfulness. There is a reward for moving forward. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for this morning. I thank you, Lord God, that you are good and that your mercies are new this morning. We're going to need them, Lord. We all need them. We need them every day. But I thank you that you have restored, you have restored riches to your people. Not just the Jews, not just the, the early Israelites, but Lord, your people, your people, the people of this earth who, who look upon your name and call upon your name. Father, you have restored riches to us. And not, that's not about money, it's about your goodness, your mercy, which includes money. But Lord, everything, all things have been restored to us through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. We thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. As we receive communion this morning, I just want to go back to last week, to last Sunday when uh, one buddy was ministering been meditating a lot about that and, and especially even during worship this morning that how often do we miss it how often is the plan and purpose of God in in our path in our sights in our uh, in our ears and we miss it you know we hope that it's not very often we hope that it's less and less all the time. But I think there's times when we can when we can miss it. And and I just this case of the the Last Supper that we're going to be celebrating, the the uh, the meal where Jesus brought to fulfillment this act that had been going on for thousands of years, a couple few thousand years, three thousand plus or ish years, that the Israelites had been fulfilling 2,000 some years that the Israelites have been fulfilling every Passover. And there had always been the cup. There had always been the bread. And they had done it with understanding, the understanding that they were given, but Jesus said that He came to fulfill it, to make it whole. And as He did that, their eyes still weren't open. Their ears still weren't open. Now, we can make the argument, we can say that they didn't have that understanding because they didn't have the Holy Spirit. They weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. And we are. But I believe that there are still times when we think life is going in a certain direction. I know, have to, I'll just be absolutely 100% honest and, and, and admit it, that's actually one of my greatest concerns is what am I missing? Not, not what am I missing because I, you know, I'm going to miss something fun. No, what am I missing that God is saying that, that 
I could be walking in its fullness. And I've always asked that question. It's good to ask that question. Lord, what am I misunderstanding? What am I, what am I missing from what you're telling me? And it's good to, to stop and take account of that. And this morning, as we prepare ourselves to receive communion, the Corinthians, Paul said that, that we need to uh, uh, examine ourselves. And yes, there's the examining ourselves where we're, we're looking at our, our life and are we living according to the Word of God? Are we rightly divining the Word of God? Are we rightly divining the, the body of Christ, as he said? But there's also just that good, this good opportunity to check up with God and say, Lord, where am I? Where am I in your plan? Where am I in the understanding of your plan and your purpose for my life and for the plan and purpose of the kingdom of God? Where am I? Where am I walking with you? And I'm, and I'm, I'm hearing your voice. I'm reading your word. I'm hearing the, what you're saying to me, but I'm missing it. It's, a good, it's always good to ask that question. So this morning as we prepare, we're just going to have a, a moment of silence and, and ask because it may be, it might be, it could be a sin thing, but it's, it's, many times it's just a position thing. Where are we in position with His plan for our life? What are we missing? Is there something, Lord, that You would have us to understand more clearly, just like He wanted the, the disciples to understand more clearly what His purpose and plan was for the kingdom of God forward from there, that they were the apostles. They were going to take the word. He was going to die, rise again, go to heaven, and then they were going to carry this thing. And once he put it into their hands, then it's been passed down generation to generation to every every uh, next group of Christians where to finally we find it in our hands. And are we walking in the fullness of that understanding? Or at what level? Lord, show us. Open the eyes of our understanding. I pray that all the time for us as a body, but I also pray that all the time for me as an individual. Lord, open my eyes. Help me to understand your will. Lord, show me. Fill me with light, as it says in Ephesians. So this morning, be that, let that be your prayer. And let's take a moment here, just a, a moment of silence, a moment of reflection, just to seek Him, to put Him first. He can say anything He wants. He can do anything He wants. He's God. So, but we have to allow Him to do that in our lives. We can hold Him back. Pastor Dan Dennison, the founder of this church, always said, he says, God is sovereign. God is huge. Nothing can stop His will from being done except your hand. Your hand. You can stop God in your own personal life. It's a good thought. So let's just have a moment of silent reflection and prayer and, and let's ask that question and let's, let's make that statement. Lord, open my eyes. Open our eyes this morning. Father, we do come together this morning and we remember what Jesus did. We remember Jesus for how He redeemed us from the curse fully. How He laid down His life and allowed His, his body to be broken for us. how He willingly went to the cross and endured the shame and the pain and the, the suffering of that time that His blood would flow. The blood of the new covenant. The new promise. With all of its benefits. With all of its promises. Father, as we come before You this morning, Lord, we, we don't want to come out of ritual. We want to come before You and to celebrate this time out of wisdom and out of knowledge. Out of the ability to understand by Your Holy Spirit. Lord, open our eyes. 
fill us with light. Help us to see our part, our part as the body of Christ as a whole, but also our part as individuals in your plan. Help us to not miss. Help us to not be so busy with everything else that we miss your plan, your hand moving in our lives today. Thank you for this opportunity to to celebrate and to worship you as a body, as the body of Christ here. A fulfillment even more of that communion. On the night he was he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. And at the end of the meal, he took the cup and he said, this is the shed blood of the new covenant, his blood for the remission of sins. As often as we do this, we do this in remembrance of him. As the worship team continues to worship, please come forward and receive communion. Hallelujah, 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 glory to your name, thank you Jesus, praise your holy name, glory to you Lord, hallelujah, praise the Lord, thank you guys, thank you, hallelujah, it's good to be in God's presence, amen, it's good to be obedient, good to do what he leads you to do, the Bible says that that uh, when we're together, that if anyone has a, a tongue or an interpretation, they should give it and wait for somebody to interpret. But that this use of tongues at this moment wasn't a tongue or, an, or it was not an interpreting or a word-type tongue. It is a prayer-type tongue. And for the, the Bible says that, that we will speak in tongues. Paul says, I wish that you'd all speak in tongues. He says, I, I, pray, I speak in tongues more than, than you all. He prayed in the Spirit. And there's times when we as the body of Christ will pray in the Spirit. It's good to pray in the Spirit together. It's good to do it on your own during the week, during the night, during the afternoon, whenever you're driving, anytime washing dishes, guys, anything that you're doing is good to pray in the Spirit. But it's also good to pray in a group. Amen? So that's what that was and why just because we were led to do it it's not in our bulletin that this is the time when we pray in tongues it's just time good morning well it appears that uh you guys are going to witness a step of faith here um looks like god wants to use me as an example of uh what pastor john's been talking about so far today and what i'm supposed to be talking about today um so like Pastor John said, um, it's been a while since I've been up here. Uh, was it the beginning of summer? I think the beginning of summer when, when he introduced the building project. Um, he said that he wanted to take over the offering message responsibility so we could communicate the, the vision, etc. For, for that. And uh, I guess I wasn't disappointed. I didn't, I, I didn't miss it. Um, but... This last week, John, Pastor John asked me if I wanted to start it up again. And I'm thinking, well, okay. And I kind of gave him a tentative maybe. Actually, I did say yes, even though my mind was saying no. Um, so I went through, you know, I went through the normal routine that I had been doing. Um, I, I started to pray about it during the week um, and got what I thought I was supposed to, to share and kind of went through and started typing things out yesterday. And then usually what I do is I get up early in the morning on, on Sunday and work through it, just kind of practice it. <clears throat> and I went through it today, and it just was not working. It was not working. So I, um, the amount of time that I, I needed to or I had to try to practice was used up, and it wasn't there. It just was not working. So then I thought, okay, I, I, I'm going to have to tell Pastor John I'm, I, I can't do this. So I started going through, going through in my mind the excuses that I have made in the past about why I can't do this. And about 10, 15 minutes into it, I'm, I'm actually in the shower, 
and I'm kind of getting that nagging feeling that maybe I should, uh, maybe I should ask God about what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> and, and I kind of had this thought roll in through my head because the point of my message is seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first his plan. And I kind of get the sense that he's asking, when are you going to do that? When are you going to ask me what I want you to do? And uh, my immediate response was, well, after church. <laughs> and so I ignored him for another 10 minutes and finally realized, oh, geez, I'm going to have to. You, you want me to do this, don't you? Even though I'm not ready. He said, yes, but, but I'm, I'm not. I'm really not ready. I don't have a good message. But here I am. And you're thinking, oh, great, what are you going to subject us to? Will you should hear what I'm thinking or in my mind. My mind is uh, going crazy right now. All right, let's do this. Okay. Matthew 6. Could you turn to Matthew 6 for me, please? I'm going to jump around a little bit, but I'm going to start at 25. <clears throat> Matthew 6, 25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And he talks about the birds and why do you worry? But I'd like to jump to 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. Now, the Gentiles are those without a covenant with God. Okay? And we have a covenant, right? We have a covenant with God. For your Heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. And I don't know about you, but in the past, I've not been too, too clear about what God means by the kingdom of God. So about six, about six months ago, I asked him, God, can you, can you give me insight into what you, you're, you're, you're getting at there? So if you, I guess, think about it, kingdom... A kingdom is the king's domain, right? It's his dominion. It's his area of rule, where he has control, where he rules. And one of the interesting um, definitions, in uh, this is in the blueletterbible.com, of the kingdom is of the royal power and dignity conferred on Christians in the Messiah's kingdom. So not only is it the kingdom of God where God has authority, but he's given that authority to us. We have dominion and authority in that area. And I guess the, the last point is also the king in his kingdom defines how he wants things done, right? He defines how he wants things to operate. He basically defines the operations manual for how things are supposed to be done, right? He defined the operations manual for how he wants things done. So, and then with his righteousness, it's really his rightness, his way of doing things right. So, to summarize, I, I think what he's getting at is it's doing what God wants us to do, how he wants us to do it. And also we need to keep in mind, he's also given us the authority to do those things. He's given us the authority to do what he tells us to do. Now, I consider, I guess I consider Matthew 6.33 to be one of, the, one of the simplest and best summaries of our covenant, the covenant that he's given us. If we do what he's asked us to do, if we do and pursue the plan that he has for us, he's going to take care of everything else. And it's basically what he was telling me when I was arguing him with him this morning, saying, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready. I, I don't feel that I'm ready. And he, and he was basically telling me, yeah, in your own strength, you're not. 
but what I've asked you to do, I've given you the ability to do, and I've given you the authority to do. So that's one of the things that we need to keep in mind is if he's asking us to do something, if he's asking us to do something that we even consider difficult, we need to step out by faith and do it because he's going to enable us to do it. So I guess the point I'm trying to get at here is with respect to the building project, okay? If, I guess, do, do we all believe that the building project is part of God's plan, God's will for this church? And it really comes down to asking Pastor John, Pastor John, do you believe that God has asked you to go through the process of, of um, pursuing this, pursuing this project, fulfilling this project, doing this building project? And I'm sure he would say yes. yes. Okay. So if that's the case and we're members of this church, we need to ask God what he wants us to do with respect to that project, with respect to that activity. So when I was, when I was personally um, praying to God about it, I believe what he wanted me to do was pray what my contribution is supposed to be. Pray for what my contribution is supposed to be in this. Because this $300,000, is it's a lot of money, but it's supposed to come through the congregation. I believe, for the most part, it's supposed to come through the body of River Valley. Okay? So, I believe what we all need to do is pray, what do you want us to get? What is our part in this? If we're part of this body, what is our part in this? And if, if you don't get a little freaked out by the number, it's, it's probably not God. He does not expect us to give this out of our own ability. He wants to take us to the next level. He wants the church to go to the next level as a whole. That's why we're doing this, so we can teach and train more of the, the body of Christ. So... If, it's, if, this, if the number that we believe God is giving us is something that we're comfortable with, that we, we think that we can take care of, my opinion is it's probably not God. It's probably what you want to give. He wants to challenge us. He wants us to step out in faith to go to the next level. He wants it. It's not a matter of God squeezing more blood out of a turnip. Not at all. He wants to increase us so we can increase in our giving. We can increase in our contribution. That's why he wants this project to be done. That's why I believe it's supposed to come through this church because he wants us all to go to the next level so that this body can go to the next level. Does everybody agree? Amen. Amen. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for your goodness. I thank you, Father God, that what you ask us to do, you empower us to do. You enable us to do. You give us the ability to do. And you give us the authority to do. I thank you that as we seek you, as we pursue you and your will for our lives, you're going to take care of everything else. So, Father God, we give these tithes and offerings in obedience, in obedience to your plan, to your will. And we purpose, if we haven't already, to seek you for what you want us to do, what our part of this project is supposed to be, how what we're supposed to give, not... not out of our own effort, but as you increase us. And we thank you so much for it, Father God, and for your faithfulness. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, it's been a couple of weeks since I've spoken, it's a couple of weeks since we uh, touched on, talked about uh, the sovereignty of God. Though remember, the whole purpose and plan behind all of this is we're talking about healing. And in talking about healing, 
we're dealing with a whole bunch of things. Number one of the things that we're dealing with is just lack of knowledge. A, a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding of, how, of everything about God. God is so big, so huge, so amazing, so wonderful. There is so much about God that there's just we can't possibly all understand it, all understand every bit of it all the time. So we're always in a position of lack of knowledge. We need to grow in our knowledge of God, our knowledge of Christ, so that when uh, vain imaginations, things that try to talk you out of whatever promise he has, tries to come against you, you have the knowledge of Christ to fight against it. And so we need knowledge. We need to grow in this. That's a lot what uh, what Buddy said last weekend is why we need to continue to educate. That's why Wednesday nights is so important. We can't get all of the knowledge that we need in a half hour, 45 minutes, whatever I end up preaching on a Sunday morning, once a week, uh, 50 times a year, whatever it works out. Knowledge, we need to grow in the knowledge of God. We should be doing it every day as a, as a Christian, just walking in our everyday life. But we need to grow, even as a body, understanding what's God's plan. So when we do that, that's one thing that we're fighting against here, is a lack of knowledge. We need to grow in the knowledge of His Word, in His promises, in His plans. But we're also fighting against opposition. There are people and things that don't want you to walk in healing. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. What does he try to kill, steal, and destroy? You. He tries to kill, steal, and destroy by giving, by putting sickness on you or by convincing you. So here's the, here's the discussion. When is it, when is it the devil putting something on you and when is it just the natural order of things because we live in a fallen world? Well, does it really matter? It doesn't matter where the sickness comes from. I know it doesn't come from God, right? We've got that settled. Let's just settle that right now. It doesn't come from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from the heaven above, the God of lights who does not, there's no shadow with him. There's no, there's no, well, sort of, no. It's Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy. So we have that. But we also have an enemy, and that enemy is the world, the devil, and our own flesh that is trying to tell you, no, the reality is you're going to get sick. You're going to get sick and you just have to, you have to buck up underneath it and you got to get better at it. So there's always these enemies that are fighting against the truth, the knowledge of Jesus Christ, that He has come to redeem you and has redeemed you from the curse fully. He has redeemed you from the curse fully. He has redeemed you from the curse fully. Why do I keep saying it over and over again? Because I heard one time you have to say it at least 8 to 15 times. You need to hear something 8 to 15 times before it starts to sink in. And some of us are thick. And so talking about something over and over again, hitting it again, why do I keep, why am I going to be preaching sermons on healing for quite some time? Because we need to get it. It's for today. It's for us. We have the promises of God. He has redeemed us fully. Say, He has redeemed me fully. Now you need to say that to yourself 15 more times today. So that you start to get it. And then thinking about meditating, what does that mean? If He has redeemed me fully, when do I have the promise? Now. If I have the promise fully, why am I still affected by the curse? Exactly. That's the question, isn't it? If He has redeemed me fully, if I have the promise fully, if everything I need, He's given me everything I need. That's a scripture. It's out of Second Peter. If He has given me everything I need for life and godliness, why am I still affected by the curse? Exactly. People have been asking me, when are we going to start having prayer lines? When are we going to start seeing healings? My question is, what are you waiting for? Why do you have to wait for me? Do you have everything you need for life and godliness? See, we're not convinced yet. Let me just go through this again. You have been redeemed fully from the curse. Everybody say that. I have been redeemed fully from the curse. When? When did that happen? 
That happened 2,000 years ago, and I have it now. Exactly. I have the Second Peter. I can't remember what verse it is. Somebody shout it off. You remember it? He has given you everything you need for life and godliness. Do you have everything you need for life and godliness? When did you get it? I got it 2,000 years ago, and I have it now. And so now if you're being affected by the curse in one way, shape, or another, whose fault is it? Thank you for being honest. That's hard. I know. It's kind of like, hi, my name is John. I don't fully get it all the time. I know. We get it. It's the problem. The problem is we're not convinced of it. When you're not convinced of it, then there will always be doubt. Anytime there's doubt and you're not experiencing it, then there's a battle. The battle happens right here. The battle isn't in the heavenly somewhere where we have to take an airplane and to get up to a certain altitude to be able to fight. No, it is, it's not, in a, it's not in a, on a mountaintop. If we just go to the mountaintop, then we can fight against the, the heavenly places. That, ver, or that word in the original Greek, heavenly places, there's a battle that it takes place in the heavenly regions, is right here. It's talking about this. There's a battle here. Why am I not walking fully in the promise? Because I haven't sorted it out here yet. I haven't been fully convinced yet. I'm not walking in faith. Do you know that there are times when you're not actually experiencing the promises of God, the fulfillment of the the being fully redeemed, and the reason that you're not fully experiencing it is because you don't have enough faith? Somebody have a, one of those cricket apps on your... <laughs> yeah, Chris, why don't you hit that for me real quick here. No, that's all right. You don't have to. <clears throat> what, did you just say I don't have enough faith? Did you just, did you just demean me and, and criticize me? that I? No, I'm not demeaning or criticizing. I'm just speaking truth. There are times when you don't have enough faith. There is times when I don't have enough faith. Why do I have to keep going? Why, if we're going to talk about healing, why am I going all the way back to the idea of does God, you know, sovereignty? Does God want us to heal? Now we're going to talk about what you know that well, we don't have enough faith. Well, well what is faith? I'm going to have to today. We're going to talk about what is faith. The reason we have to go back to way to the beginning before we actually start seeing healings is we got a whole bunch of crud up here that's blocking the path. And that has to be changed. Our minds have to be renewed. If our minds are not renewed, if we don't understand these things, then we will not walk in the fullness. We won't. You will not walk in the fullness. I guarantee it won't happen because there is a system, there is a way of doing things that God has set up that is irrevocable. It doesn't change. So we have to go all the way back to the beginning. The beginning of what we talked about before, just to reiterate, Number one, God is good. God is good. You have to be fully convinced that God is good. What does it mean, God is good? That means there's no evil in Him. There's no evil in Him. There's no curse in Him. There's no destruction. There's no killing. There's no, there's nothing. There's none of those things. He is life and life more abundantly, Jesus said. You have to be convinced of that. Number two, He wants to heal you. He wants to heal you so bad that He sent Jesus to die on the cross for you. Not just for salvation. Praise God for salvation. Without salvation, it's not, it's, none of this is worth anything. See you later. Have a good life. Salvation is absolutely paramount. But it's not all He did. He gave, came to give us life and life more abundantly. And part of that promise, part of that blessing, part of that life more abundantly is healing. He did it all. On the cross, He paid for every sin, yes, but He also paid for every disease. It says it in the Old Testament, it says it in the New Testament. He has healed us, for our, He has healed our diseases. By His stripes, we are healed. By His stripes, Second Peter or uh, 1 Peter 2, by His stripes we were healed. He healed us. Now, why don't we walk in healing all the time? 
Because we don't believe it. We don't believe it. And we don't like the fact that somebody says we don't believe it. Well, of course we believe it. I'm a Christian. I go to River Valley Christian Church. Of course I believe it. I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe it. No, you'd be healed if you didn't be- if you believed it. And that is a hard statement. Why don't I? Why am I not walking in a hundred percent healing right now? Because I'm telling you, I'm not walking in. A, there are things about my body that don't work the way they're supposed to. Why am I not in a hundred percent? Two reasons. One is I'm not fully sure that I believe it a hundred percent, and I'm getting there. The more, the, well, we'll talk about how we build faith. But number two is we're in a battle. Satan is every moment trying to convince you that you're dying. He is trying to convince you every moment that you're going to live a short, painful, terrible life. That you might as well get used to those aches and pains. That you might as well get used to that shortness of breath, that little pain in the chest that reminds you of your humanity. That creaky shoulder that, well, you know, I did that in football. They said it would always hurt me, and it always has. I can tell at least when it's going to rain. Well, but you know, Pastor John, I know God has healed me fully, but the doctor says I have this disease, and that disease is not, you know, it's not changeable. I just have to manage it. No, that is a, that is a, a, a vain imagination that is trying to raise itself above, up above the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And when it does, you have a choice to believe it or not. Which truth? Whose report? I, you know, old song. Please don't ever sing it in a worship. It's just like it's, it's too old. <laughs> but it was amazing. Whose report will you believe? I shall believe in the name of the Lord. You just want to dance on that one. We have to go back to the beginning. Why are we not? Thank you. Thank you very much. Timing's everything. <laughs> Oh, I thought that was the cricket. (laughs) God wants to heal you. God can heal you. He has made provision for your healing. It is His will. So why don't we see regular healings? Turn with me to Mark chapter 16. Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse 15. I'm pretty sure it's not in the notes. I didn't send you because it's something I added on. So you have to turn there. Mark 16, beginning with verse 15. 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany, say will accompany. Those who believe in my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will, say they will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. It doesn't say may, it doesn't say might, it doesn't say maybe, it just says will. If you do these things, if you believe in Him, you will do those things. You will do these things. Now, We're not doing the whole snake thing, just so you know. Let's just get that taken care of right now. We are not, that that is so weird. All right? Isn't going to happen. But I guarantee you, if you're down south and you're walking along the river and you step over a log and it's behind that log is a water moccasin and it bites you, if you believe, it's not going to kill you. And how many of you in your mind just went, right, Pastor John? Sure. You don't have to bring them in a box in a service to prove your faithfulness or your belief. But if you, if they, if that moment happens, you have that verse. And that is truth. There have been cases of that. People have experienced it. People have lived through that. Paul was one of them in the Bible. Okay, but that's still weird. I know, I don't want to get snake bit. Okay, I just don't. Have no desire. But let's just, let's, 
that verse is there. Acknowledge it. Let's move on. You'll cast out demons. That doesn't sound any better. That just sounds weird. Demons. Demons. Why does he keep saying demons? I'm waiting for the effect to sink in. How many of you ever casted out a demon? Praise God. How many of you have ever, how many of you think you've never experienced a person who was demon possessed? How many think that you've never experienced? I mean, I know, you met your mother in law. That's not what I'm talking about here. Sorry, that was just cheap. It's cheap and low. I apologize. Debbie's not here, that's right. You know, that joke will end the day she becomes a mother-in-law. You know that? <laughs> that, that one is very short-lived from here on out, yeah. <laughs> there, is, there are people, there are people in this world who are demon-possessed. I've met them. I've, I've been a part of dealing with some of that. I don't know why, but I'm supposed to keep talking about this. Why? Because we're uncomfortable with that. Let's just, let's talk about colds and headaches. Because cold and headaches we can have faith for, and that's just, everybody deals with the word that's normal. No, do you know that there are sicknesses that are brought about by demon possession? There are sicknesses in this earth today, yes, 21st century world, that are brought about by demon oppression. Demonic oppression. Do you know that there are people who deal with things right now? You know them. You know somebody who is being affected by a demon. Now, wait a second. I, 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 maybe the non-Christians, but not the Christians. Sorry, folks. Do you know that people believe the lie of the demon for so long that they accept it and live it? Do you know that both times that I've experienced full-out demonic manifestation both times where it's been full-blown and here it is, folks, let's go. Both times happened in church. One time was in Jamaica. You know, because it's, it's overseas. That's where, the, that's where the demons hang out. <laughs> We don't let demons. We have our our our. <laughs> yeah, careful. Our borders are so secure. We won't let demons in. Nah, we don't let. I heard somebody say one time. You know, overseas demonic oppression or de- demonic possession looks like all kinds of weird stuff. But in America, de- demonic oppression and, and possession is people falling asleep in church. Let that one sink in for a second. First time was down in down in uh, Jamaica, and we were during a worship service. And in the middle of the worship service, the woman standing next to me goes into full blown demonic freaking out. And it was like I was I had been walking with God for a little less than a year, and it was I thinking, okay, I am in the I am no longer in Kansas. This is we are we are in the what in the world. And people started casting it out. And the longer they cast it out, the weirder it got, man. I mean, it was weird. But it still wasn't as weird as the one that I saw in America. One night, we were having a service over at Abundant Life. And we were, Pastor Kevin was preaching. And I was sitting in the back row because I like sitting in the back row. I don't ever get to sit in the back row anymore, except other people's meetings. But I was sitting in the back row and... I was the I, I, I was the head over all the ministries, all the all the different groups of ministries. But he was preaching. He had an altar line, altar call. Whole bunch of people came forward for the for prayer and for an altar call. And there was one guy who kept pacing back and forth along that side. He'd come up to the front, and then he'd turn around and walk back. And he'd walk up to the front, he'd turn around and walk back. And then he was walk. He was just and you could see he was nervous. And he was just he was just all agitated. And I was watching him because just what you do. There's a weird guy. I don't know what he's doing, but he's getting agitated. Finally, Pastor Kevin says, all right, he says, we're going to have you go to a back room and we're going to give you some literature. We're going to have you 
go back there and they're going to pray with you over there and, and then you guys can come back to the meeting. As they were headed back, I grabbed the usher and who was going back and I said, you want to watch that guy. I don't know what the scoop is, but you've got to watch this guy. The usher said, all right, I'll do that. So he, they all leave, they all file out and we go back into the service. And then, you know, we start worship, they're starting to sing again. So I'm, I have my eyes closed and I'm worshiping still in the back row. All of a sudden I felt somebody grab my shoulder. It was the usher. And he does one of these. Come now. I was like, really? And he goes, now, 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 let's go. And he grabs me and we head towards the back room. By the time we got back and as we're walking, he says, I don't know what's going on, but this guy is weird. And he said, this, I said I've already let everybody else go and this guy won't go and he's, he's back there and he's acting weird. What do I do? And I said, well, let's find out. So we walk back in there. We go into the back room, and in this room was the conference room, and it was a very small room, probably about the size of the the stage from the pianos that way and about that wide. In the middle of it was this huge uh, uh, conference table in the middle of the ta- of the middle of the room. We walk in, and the guy is sitting in the far back corner with his back into the corner, and he's just rocking back and forth and shaking, muttering something. We walk in, I walk over to him, I say, hey man, how are you doing? Not good. I said, why? And he goes, demons. I said, all right, do you want to be free? Yes. And when he said yes, he jumped straight up in the air from the seated position, jumped straight up in the air and threw himself in the middle of the, of the conference table and started slithering through across the, the conference table on his stomach. It was one of the most amazing physical feats I've ever seen. <laughs> and I said, come out! Why? Because it, it was a demon. All right, When they start doing that, it's a demon. I said, come out! And it hissed at me. And I said, come out. And he looked at me and hissed at me and started laughing. And I said, I'm not impressed. In the name of Jesus, come out. And he started to shake violently and then went limp. And he just laid there limp. I thought, oh, great, he died. (laughs) And all of a sudden he looked up and he said, what just happened? And I said, you just got set free. So we helped him off the table. He sat down and I said, here's the deal. The Bible says that if a demon leaves, that you need to get filled up. The house needs to be filled. You need to be born again. You need to be spirit-filled. You need to get filled with the, with the glory of God. Otherwise, the Bible says you'll go find seven more and come back and make it worse. Do you want to get born again? It was the easiest salvation message I had ever preached. <laughs> yes, yes I do. Got saved right there. Got filled with the Holy Ghost overflowing, speaking in tongues, glorious night. The usher, the head usher saw him a few weeks later and he says he didn't even recognize him. The guy came up, gave him a big hug and thanked him. He's like, excuse me, do I know you? And he goes, yeah. He says, he said he looked different. Everything about him. There are demonic influences in this world and we can't be freaked out by them. They want you to be freaked out. They want you to give up. They want you to hold back. You know, we don't talk about this stuff. Why? Ooh, yeah, just like talking about snakes. But we have authority. We have authority to cast out demons. In the years to come, when I ask how many of you have ever had to deal with a demon, there's going to be more hands than just three, five, ten, whatever we had just a moment ago. Why? Not because there's more, but because we're actually ready and equipped to deal with them. You have the authority. If you are born again, if you believe, you have the authority to cast out demons and they will go. They must go. The same authority that when you pray for the sick, they will recover. Not they may recover or they might recover. No, they will recover. Guarantee it. Not because of who you are, not because of what you can do, but because of who you know. And because of who has given you authority. This is a brave new world, isn't it? 
we're heading into a new, we're, we're heading, how many of you thought, when you woke up this morning, that today we're going to start talking about demons? And we're going to talk about stepping out into a world where you have the authority to deal with supernatural occurrences. You need to start thinking that way. It's part of the understanding, part of the the clarity of His plan. What are we here for? Are we here to take up space? Or are we here to declare the glory of God and to set captives free? I'm saying we're here to set captives free. And we're going to walk in it. But what it's going to take is is an understanding, a renewing of our mind to walk in the authority that we already have. We don't have to have a prayer line this morning. If you, if your heart is to be healed, take the authority. Speak to your own body. Command it to be healed. You have the authority, not for other people only, but for yourself too. Body, come in line with the Word of God that says, I am healed fully. Not just 90%, not just 80%, not just 100%. Fully 100% redeemed, 100% healed in Jesus' name. Today, changing the way we look at it. Let's all stand. That's the shot across the bow. Next week we start talking about faith in depth. Father, we do thank You for this Word. We thank You that, that as we step out by faith, as we prepare to walk into this brave new world, we're not doing it by ourselves. We're not doing it of our own strength or our own ability. We're doing it because of who Jesus Christ is, the authority that He has given us because of what He did on the cross. And Lord, we're not going to shrink back. Your Word says that the righteous one shall live by faith, and you will not, we will not shrink back. We are going to move forward. Open the eyes of our understanding. Help us, Lord. Fill us with light to be able to know the fullness of the promises that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen.